Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Regarding expansion, I get asked every single day, what's next? It may include future expansion, but it will be done for the right reasons at the right time with our student-athletes, academic and athletic empowerment at the center of any and all decisions that we will make regarding any further expansions. We will not expand just to expand. We're back live with more Anthony Heron on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Two hours down, one hour to go. Anthony Heron on the score. That was the voice of former Big Ten commissioner, current Chicago Bears president, Kevin Warren. That was over a year ago at Big Ten Football Media Days where he was talking about continued expansion, the questions that were surrounding that as the news had not too long before that come out about the UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans being added to the Big Ten Conference and the media rights deal that the conference had negotiated. There was a lot of conversation that was surrounding the Big Ten at that point. It all seemed very positive, and it was all reacted to in a very positive manner. Now, a year later, it seems like the Pac-12 ain't going to exist anymore because the Washington Huskies and the Oregon Ducks are now going to be joining the Big Ten as well. So that conversation, that, that question about continued expansion was there at that time. It continues to be here even at this moment for a variety of reasons. But in the end, the Big Ten as a conference continues to show how formidable it is. And so, figure who better to continue that conversation with than my guy, the uh, the face, the voice of the Big Ten Network. He is Dave Revson. You can find him on Twitter at BTN Dave Revson. And he joins me now on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book rever what's happening how you doing this evening i am great anthony since i saw you last in our studio this morning <laughs> not a ton has transpired in my life but uh but good to be on with you yes yes i'm glad nothing uh nothing too earth shattering has happened in the last few hours since we last saw each other on big <laughs> 10 today earlier uh, so that that clip from Kevin Warren, obviously Tony Petiti, the current commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, and so where Kevin Warren had the big move going with the media rights deal and and adding the LA schools, and now Tony Petiti in a very short time 
in leadership of the conference has continued to refine the broadcast schedule for the Big Ten, and he's got the Huskies and the Ducks in the conference as well. So, you know, you and I have obviously been on the air talking about this a a good bit in the weeks since everything has transpired. So now there's going to be four traditionally Pac-12 programs as a part of the Big Ten conference. Are are you anticipating that, that things settle at any point coming up here or that the Big Ten and the SEC just continue to gobble folks up? Well, I'm kind of out of the prediction business on this whole thing, I think. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. I think there's a great deal of instability. I think Commissioner Delaney used to refer to it as the tectonic plates. And whether they were stable or shifting, I think they're shifting quite a bit right now. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to have anyone who would argue differently so I think a lot of it's just going to depend on how things play out elsewhere. And I, I you know, I, again, it, it kind of felt like it had stabilized after last summer. But I think as we saw kind of one little shift, I mean, what, what sent this on its way was Colorado. And Colorado saying, we're out, we're leaving the Pac-12, we're going to go back to the Big 12. That left the Pac-12, I think, in an even more vulnerable situation. And then all of a sudden you had the, the Pac-12 corner schools, Arizona and Arizona State and Utah. You know, they're, they're talking as well. And, and the Pac-12 just wasn't able to keep it together. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, and I think you and I know this, and I think just about anyone who is listening who follows college athletics knows this, Media rights deals are a huge part of what's driving this. And in many ways, they are the primary driver of this right now. And so I think kind of as you as you monitor the landscape, you kind of have to be cognizant of where deals are and and who that might make available. So I don't know. I mean, my gut tells me that it's over, but but my gut's been wrong a a lot here in in recent years. Yeah, yeah. We've been wrong before. I think all of us have as we watch the way this continues to play out. The the revenue sharing conversation is is something that, you know, I've started to bring up more frequently in recent years here, just as it seems apparent that more player agency has has become you know has been pushed for by players and in a lot of ways the industry has begun acquiescing to some of that with the ability for the transfer portal to allow players to transfer from one school to the next in some ways without a lot of limits aside from just the spaces on the calendar that maybe you can do that within right now so the transfer portal being able to profit from their name image and likeness those are two of the main ways that that players are more empowered and in some ways emboldened than they have been before. But revenue sharing hasn't happened yet. It it does feel like it's beginning to get discussed a little more frequently now, though, and that professionalizes things in in an enhanced way. Do, Do you believe that that ends up happening? Do you think we get to true revenue sharing as as the playoff expands and more money changes hands and all those other things? Do you think that's in the future? It was interesting to hear Jim Harbaugh talk about it pretty extensively. He opened up his news conference this week by essentially reading a statement, which I I assume you've seen or heard uh, at this point. It was about eight minutes long, and he really went into his belief that this ought to be where it heads. Uh, As to whether or not I think it will happen, 
I, it doesn't seem unreasonable to me that it could happen. I mean, I, I think if you get to that point, then you're probably talking about some sort of unionization of athletes. Are you on kind of a year-to-year contract at that point? I mean, are we talking about student athletes? Can they be cut from their team? Can they lose their scholarship? Like, are they are they the same as professional athletes in that way? I mean, you know, I I, I guess I believe enough in the educational component of this, and I know you know, maybe you say that and people laugh at you, but like, look, I think a college education is a, is a life changing deal. And, and I think a lot of, for a lot of young people, like that's the best part of this deal. If you're not a a real high end player, like the chance to compete and play. And and again, like I, you know, fervently believe in, in NIL and being able to market yourself. And and it's amazing. It took as long as it did to get to that point, but but like that education is really important. And, and I guess I would just kind of hate to see if you take it to its logical extension and you have a player who accepts a scholarship, who's a highly recruited kid and it doesn't work out for them. Like, is that it for them? Are they done? Are they going to be cut after their sophomore year? And then where will they go? And I don't know. I mean, it's that part of it that, that I would kind of, I think we should hesitate a bit before we walk down that road, just because I think there are implications on both sides of it. But is there a ton of money in this enterprise? Absolutely. Uh, is is there an argument to be made that players deserve a larger share of it? Absolutely. You know, and, and we're, we're hearing people make those arguments. Uh, I mean, I'd be interested in your take on it, obviously, as a scholarship student athlete in the Big Ten, like, what what protections then would you believe there ought to be for the players? Because it can't it can't be a you know it can't be a one way street. I guess if right. if, if you're I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be interested in your take on that. Yeah, it is a a nuanced conversation to your point because the you know the idea of of essentially you know professionalizing it even more. I, I think it's it's worthwhile and to have someone on the player's behalf collectively bargaining for it will make sense but then you know you have at least depending on how many of other of the institutions are involved in that conversation is it going to be all of the 130 plus fbs teams or is it what we think of as power five level programs 60 something or is it just a smaller group that breaks off and decides they're going to do their own thing and you know there'll be these this block of teams maybe it's only a few dozen of them that are part of one championship bracket of college football and then everyone else kind of still does their own separate thing. But the most lucrative, most tradition-rich programs are perhaps just going to compete in their own league at that point. I think you'll need the student-athletes who are in those or at that level with those institutions to have someone bargain on their behalf. And I believe the academic scholarship can certainly still be a part of that but then enhancing the compensation in addition to that scholarship and having it come directly from the institutions. And I, I think that would actually make it easier to, to legislate and to potentially sanction schools if the compensation comes from the universities as opposed to from these outside collectives that, that the schools don't necessarily have a lot of control over. But yeah, it, I, I completely agree. It is a, there are more nuanced sort of considerations that would have to come with that in going down that road, you know, from from enhancing the conver- the compensation and having that conversation about it. Uh, Dave Raps is my guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 
670 to score. And you've you've written a lot about the the history of college football and college sports at large and and the potential for for athlete compensation within that. As you studied the, the history of it, I mean, especially in the early days, women's athletics wasn't really a, a big, a major consideration in it. I wouldn't imagine from back in the day. But now, you know, I was talking a little bit early in the show about a, a world record that's looking like it's going to be set by Nebraska volleyball right now, perhaps the most attended yeah. sport sporting event in the history of women's athletics may be taking place right now. We've certainly seen what Caitlin Clark has been able to do as a meter mover for Iowa women's basketball. As we, we look at the way that the sport shifts because of football, I don't think it can be ignored how much more influential women's athletics and events like what's happening tonight, tonight in Lincoln, Nebraska are becoming as well. So do you have some of those concerns that I think are given legitimate voice about if football sort of takes the ball and runs with it in, in a way that separates it from everyone else? Do you have concerns for how it would impact it if women's athletics can survive and thrive in the way that folks hope it will? Right. I mean, all that's a really good point. And, you know, I know there are just a lot of people who don't want to hear that argument. And and I get it. You know, there's this notion of, you know, what if I proposed a business to you and this business ran 35 separate businesses within it? It had 35 different arms of the business and 32 or 33 of them were guaranteed to lose money every year you know, would you invest in that business? And that essentially is what college athletics is, right? I mean, if you have 35 athletic programs, you know, teams mm-hmm. in your athletic department, you probably have two or three or, you know, in some very unusual cases, like with Nebraska volleyball is a great example that Nebraska volleyball, I believe, turns a very slight profit. Um, but, but, you know, kind of the way that it has worked historically is that you use those profitable programs Generally, football and men's basketball. Again, there are exceptions. UConn women's basketball, for instance. Iowa women's basketball will certainly make money this coming year. Um, but but most of them don't. And and so then do you lose those opportunities for the broad-based athletic programs? But again, the kind of the contrary to that is, well, if I'm a football player and I'm making a lot of money for my university, I didn't sign up for, I'm going to make a lot of money so that there can be a really successful you know, men's gymnastics program like that, that isn't, that, that's not part of my, I don't care about that program. I care about me. And so I think that's kind of the balancing act and that that's kind of how college athletics has funded itself through the years. If you were to go to a model where the revenue from football goes back into football and, and goes to the players, you would lose that ability to fund those broad-based athletic programs in that way. And so you'd either have to find a different way to do that or you'd have to discontinue them. And it's uh, and actually just one other thing re- really quickly because I do see it's up on the Big Ten Network now. Over 92,000 people at the Nebraska volleyball game at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. So it's officially a women's sporting event world record that's been set there. And it's a magnificent accomplishment for Nebraska, for the Big Ten, but just for, for women's sports in general. And I think this conversation, you know, shouldn't be had in, in a vacuum where, where we only focus on football. But like you mentioned, I mean, part of it is that football does essentially subsidize so many other sports in the campus yep. setting. And in theory, that's, you know, the profit margin is not what 
intercollegiate athletics is supposed to be valuing. It's supposed to be about the experience for the student athletes, the opportunity for the education, for the competition. And, you know, the, the profit margin does seem to be driving it so much. And so I, I would hope that, you know, it, the, the concerns for, you know, Title IX and, and other sports potentially going away, my hope, Dave, would be that we don't allow the conversation to sort of get away from us if folks begin to say, well, if we're going to let the football players profit more, then that means we can't continue to subsidize these other sports. And that means other sports have to go away because I feel like that's kind of the, the, the straw man's argument that's been used against Title IX. And you, you obviously have daughters who are athletes, and I know you're yeah. passionate about women's sports as well. But I feel like that's kind of a straw man's argument that's been used against Title IX a lot over the years. Like, well, we, we got to get rid of these other sports because we got to support women's athletics. And it, 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 it's, not, it's not necessarily true, you know, in, in my, through my lens. I just think it's about what you're willing to allocate the funds towards. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe some programs are going to be forced to prioritize and, and to say kind of what do we want to be about at X University. And maybe these are the – six or eight sports that we think we can really do well in. And so we figure out a way to allocate and support those. I I just think like the money has to come from somewhere. And, but, but again, you know, maybe the, maybe the contrary is that you figure out a way to kind of, when you do share that revenue, there's enough within the athletic department to still fund those programs. I mean, you know, others might argue, do the athletic, you, you could speak to this better than I could, but, I always talk to guys who played in the NFL who say the facilities that we had in the NFL were far worse than we, what we had in college. Yes, you know, part, of what, part of what the colleges have done is they've thrown a lot of money into facilities. So maybe that, that, that kind of arms race, for lack of a better term, of, of coming up with you know, who has the best facility and who's got the 10-story you know, slide down into the <laughs> – the pool and their football probably not necessary. Right. And so maybe there's a way that you scale that back. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you that I've studied the finances of all these athletic departments and I know exactly the ins and outs of what it would mean were you to take some of that revenue away. I'm just saying like, it is not an infinite pool of money. And so if the money's going to be allocated differently, somewhere there are going to have to be cuts and maybe it's in the salaries. Right. I mean, maybe it's in we don't need football coaches to make ten million dollars. I don't know. I mean, but again, it it has to come from somewhere and to so easily buy out their contracts when you want them to go away for tens of millions of dollars and just sort of easily (laughs) swipe a pen, you know, to to cut that check and and have them go away and vacation somewhere on their yacht. You know, I'm not mad at it for getting it, but it's a lot of money to (laughs) to pay someone to not do the job they were being paid to do. Uh, There's a few minutes left here with with my guy Dave Revson. I I do want to have an opportunity to talk a little bit about Northwestern as we did earlier on the Big Ten Network. Also, as their their season is set to begin this weekend, there's been so much discussed about the Northwestern Wildcats, about not only their football program, but the athletic department as a whole. You were the first, and I think at this point, maybe the only who had an opportunity to sit down with athletic director Derek Gregg one-on-one, and you asked him, all the hard questions, and he you know, had the answers that he had available to, to provide at that point. But there are student-athletes who are going to take the field against Rutgers this weekend as well. Uh, how do you sort of encapsulate an athletic department that, that you know well, that you're passionate about, that you've covered as, as closely 
as anyone out there and what's been going on in Evanston? Yeah, it's a tough situation. I mean, I really, I understand kind of covering the story. I'm not in any way saying it shouldn't have been covered. You know, it's a shame. They've, they've had some really good teams through the years and the Chicago media has really scaled back on covering them to the point where they really just don't do it at all. And, and then, you know, this story happens and the Chicago media can't stop covering them. And, and again, I understand, I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone for covering it. Uh, I, I think it was a huge story and, and it's very disturbing story, but um, you know, it is, we probably heard more about Northwestern athletics collectively in the last two months than, than we heard in, in the last 20 years. So, yeah. but be, be that as it may. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do think it's going to be fascinating to see kind of, what happens on the field this weekend? I mean, you know, you and I talked about it. This was not shaping up to be a great team. I mean, I, I think even though Pat Fitzgerald is the winningest coach in the history of Northwestern football, the last few years had not been kind to him. The last three full seasons, they had won one conference game each of those years, and then they had the one intervening year where they were really good and finished ranked 10th in the country in the COVID year. But, you know, other than that, kind of the success that he had has had really fallen off and it largely coincided with the retirement of his longtime defensive coordinator, Mike Hankwitz. He made a really bad hire coming out of that and, and it cost them dearly. They had, had really had a good defense for years and he hired Jim O'Neill and it was an abject disaster. And then they just haven't really evolved much offensively. And so, they're, you know, they were kind of stuck in a situation where I don't think they're going to be very good to begin with. And now you throw all this in there, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, David Braun has never coached at the FBS level, as we talked about. I mean, not, not just as a head coach, never been a head coach anywhere, but he's never been an assistant at the FBS level. And I, I think it's going to be really difficult for them. Uh, we'll see. This is probably their most winnable Big Ten game, frankly, is, is the game against Rutgers uh, as to, you know, what, what their chances are. This weekend, I, I just don't really have any sense at all. I, I think they have a chance to be okay at quarterback. I, I think it'll be a little bit better than they've been uh, in past years with the transfer of Ben Bryant, a Chicago area kid. They have a, a good running back room. Uh, they they have a couple receivers who transferred in, including A.J. Henning from Michigan, who's a really good player. But, yeah, I think the question is how does it fit together and, and how focused are the guys on what's going on on the field versus everything that, that has been a, a distraction. And, and I think the sad part of it is a lot of it is self-inflicted, you know, distraction. I mean, you know, you, you can't, this is what was going on in the locker room. Like it was, was happening in the locker room, unfortunately, that caused this. And so I think there's got to be a, at some level among the players who, who were involved in, in these activities, assuming that, that some of the allegations are true, there has to be a feeling of, you know, that to a certain extent you did it to yourself and you did it to your own program. And I, I think that's really sad. I, I definitely agree. And I, I've got them week two. I'm calling their, their second game of the season on the Big Ten Network. And if there will continue to be that balance, I would imagine, certainly early in the season. And we'll see. Who, who knows what else comes from you know other legal ramifications and or lawsuits and everything else. It, it's a story that may continue to mushroom. And they yep. just have that, that awkwardness on the air where you, you needed to – to address what's happening off the field while also covering what's on the field. And it'll, it'll be something we'll all have to navigate throughout the year. But this ain't your first rodeo, Dave. I know you will navigate that well, <laughs> my friend, uh, as, as uncomfortable it is, as it is to discuss at times. But thanks for your time yeah. tonight, man. We covered a lot of different stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to be on with you as always. Thanks, Anthony, and, and looking forward to football tomorrow. Can't wait. No doubt the Big Ten takes the field tomorrow night. Nebraska, the football team of Nebraska, will be on the road at Minnesota, so that's a part of what gave the opportunity for the Nebraska women's volleyball team to have Memorial Stadium to themselves in recent days, recent weeks, however long they've been setting this up, where now it's literally a world record, the most attended sporting event in women's athletics history taking place right now in Lincoln, Nebraska. So pretty cool to, uh, to have that on the TV, watching that play out right now on the Big Ten Network. I do want to get back to some Bears sound, though. We played you some of Ryan Poles a little bit early. I want to get to some more of the Ryan Poles sound, let you hear from Matt Eberflus and share a few of my thoughts on what's taking place uh, with the Chicago Bears as they have some time now. they got a little bit of time to kill to get themselves ready, to lick some wounds, and have themselves prepared to face the Green Bay Packers opening up that Sunday on September 10th. More Ryan Poles audio on the way. Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When you said you want Peterman back on the practice squad, would that be it in terms of your quarterback? Or, or would that be uh, we take a look at everything. Uh, that's our kind of plan right now. Um, that might be practice squad that could be the 53 too. It'd be three quarterbacks in some way. Yeah. We're back live with more Anthony Heron on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Grief, did you hear the typing? What's going on there? Well, Patrick Finley was asking that question. Ryan Poles, how's that possible? So I took keyboarding classes in. I think maybe both in high school and in college, perhaps, I want to say. And when I, I took it in high school and my I I had broken, I think it was my was it my left little was it my left little finger or my left thumb? Yeah, no, it was my, my left little finger I broke early in high school when I took a keyboarding class. And so there was a there was a period of the class. I broke my 
my left pinky finger in basketball season my freshman year. Like, it's all coming back to me. I broke my left little finger, freshman basketball, as I was going up for a shot, the guy, you know, hacks me over the hand. Foul gets called, but then I don't realize my finger is broken. So I buddy taped the fingers together, of course, finished the game because I'm a hockey player. And I buddy taped the fingers together, finished the game. And my folks take me to get an X-ray on my hand afterwards, realize, oh, the finger's broken. So I have to get surgery, get a bunch of pins and screws inserted into the, you know, that whole outside of my hand there. And I was already in the midst of taking this this keyboarding class at BHS at Bolenberg High School at that point. And so I continued to take the class, of course, but I could only continue typing with the right hand. So point being, you know, when you're kind of typing all the keys with one hand and kind of keeping up with everybody else in keyboarding class, you got to know what you're doing a little bit. I, I don't know how many words a minute I can type at this point, but I can get down on the keys. I, I probably should have played the piano at some point, although my, my uh, finger dexterity isn't quite what it used to be just in playing football uh, frequently over the years and smashing and breaking a bunch of other fingers and thumbs and everything else too. But whatever that was that was going on while Ryan Poles was talking was impressive. I don't know how many words per minute that was. That was words per second if you were paying attention to that. But that was, of course, Ryan Poles talking to the assembled media. And that question you heard from Patrick Finley was about the plan being for three quarterbacks. But you can't predict the future in these circumstances. And so no guarantee being made that there will be three quarterbacks. And as of right now, with Justin Fields being at the top of the concern list, the top of the importance list, for the Bears, then there's still things for them to figure out, not only with his future in particular, but how the evaluation of his future impacts the way they shape the rest of the roster. I mean, just think about if you end up in a scenario as the Bears where Justin Fields plays at a level where he shows himself as a quarterback that should at least continue to be your starter beyond this season, if not be a guy you want to pay a big guaranteed contract to, which I don't think those are mutually exclusive things. You, you can A scenario can present itself. It happens frequently in the NFL where a QB on a rookie deal, you don't necessarily have to know after the third year that you want to pay him nine figures, but you can know if you want to just have him be your starter again for another season. Now, the caveat in that is right now the Bears are in a position with the draft capital that they've assembled that they could potentially trade back up to one of those top two spots and get a Sam Howell, a Caleb Williams, you know, some other quarterback that may emerge this year and feel like they're going to be worthy of one of those top slots. So you may pass on that opportunity just to give Justin Fields another season if he hasn't proven that you, you know, legitimately want to solidify him as your franchise quarterback of the future. But you know, I, I do believe those other scenarios exist. And when we had Patrick Finley on the show earlier, there's one thing he mentioned that when he asked Ryan Poles about what Poles needs to see from Justin Fields, and Ryan Poles said, you're kind of, you know, skipping past a few steps, hitting the fast forward button on us. Yeah, there, there are other scenarios that could present themselves as well. Let's hear a bit more from the Bears general manager, though, uh, just specifically about how you go about trying to evaluate the quarterback position because he says evaluating quarterbacks is a year-to-year process. It's a year-to-year thing. Um, you evaluate, you try to put guys in, in a good position to be successful and kind of carry over and, and, and go to the, the next step from what you saw on tape. 
Um, sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, and also, you know, we talk about not putting a ceiling on players. Uh, Tyson comes in and, and takes it one day at a time and shows consistency. And at the end of the day, you know, you got to make decisions that are best for the for the football team. It's not about me and what my decision was. It, when it plays out, it plays out, and that's what it is. You know, I've, I've always felt, and I've actually had conversations with some of my old teammates that, you know, played in the league for a long time, and they, they feel when you kind of fudge stuff, right? Like, if you're off and, and you don't make the right change and everyone kind of sees what is going on on the field, they feel that. So we had to make the best decision that was for us, and that's what we did. And to – you know, I, I think we, we try to turn these things into binary conversations and we want the immediacy of a final answer and a final evaluation. And it's usually not that simple. You know, when it is that simple, it, it's great when you have a Joe Burrow scenario or Justin Herbert scenario. But, you know, doesn't always play out like that. Maybe you get a, a Tua Tonga-Vailoa scenario where it takes a couple of years at the professional level to even prove that you can – that you've continued to develop and that you can perform at an elite level. But then now with Tua, you're still in a circumstance where you don't know for sure if he can maintain health. Now, if Tua Tagovailoa can maintain health, then he's shown with Mike McDaniels as his head coach and play caller that he can, that he can be, his productivity can be amongst the elite. Daniel Jones hasn't necessarily shown that his productivity can consistently be amongst the elite, but he's won some games. You know, now with Brian Dayball as his head coach and offensive play caller. So, you know, there are scenarios here where quarterbacks have have gotten to deeper stages of their career without knowing for sure. You don't necessarily want a Kyler Murray scenario where you got a quarterback a few years in his time in the league. You make the investment in him because of some of that elite level potential. And then you feel a little bit burned by it, like I would imagine the Arizona Cardinals brass does. Think about Lamar Jackson won an MVP his second year in the league and just got to the point where he finally got that max payday as a quarterback. So there's a lot that can play out here that doesn't end with the Bears necessarily needing to know that they are paying Justin Fields or moving on from Justin Fields after this season. But again, that's with the recognition that the potential to trade up to the number one overall pick that does exist this season, but then also with all this draft capital, if you're in a scenario where you feel like you can just continue to win games, if you win some games with Justin Fields this season and the productivity is a bit uneven, so he, the Bears, maybe they don't agree to terms on what they feel like you know each side agrees a contract should look like, but maybe you're still in a position where you say, we can use that draft capital to just continue bolstering the roster. And then from there, maybe you all right, we didn't spend the money on Justin Fields as a quarterback, but maybe a year or two from now, you say, all right, we are willing to. We're ready to move on from Justin Fields, but it's a couple of seasons from now. And then you spend that money elsewhere, but you have a deep and talented roster that either a different rookie quarterback is ready to step into or a veteran quarterback, a signal caller you could go and acquire in some other way steps into it. There's not just one way for this team to work out in an advantageous way for the Bears. They, they can continue to build this roster up while Justin Fields continues to have opportunities to develop with that on-the-job training. And speaking of the on-the-job training, I think that's a part of what Ryan Poles addressed with the media as well, that as you ride a bit of this wave with a young roster that 
is, you know, if you remove Mercedes Lewis from the scenario, then apparently it's a roster that is under 25 years old in average age. But not only the good times are something you can learn from, Ryan Poles told the media he believes that everything is a learning experience. Everything's a learning experience. Are you kidding me? Like the different uh, players, the different circumstances, uh, where they come from, the process to get them onboarded. Um, yeah, there's a learning lesson in every success and failure. It's there's I learn something new every day. The this weekend coming off the last preseason game, there used to be two different cut down dates in the preseason. The NFL just made that adjustment a couple of years ago where now you get through the the diminished preseason that was four or five games. Now it's three or four games. And, you know, the Bears getting through their third game and cutting the roster down from 90 to 53 with the 16-player practice squad. Some of those players have been with them throughout the offseason and the preseason. Others are players that they will or have acquired from other rosters. But it is an emotional time, a tumultuous time. I've been there multiple times myself as a player and you know the majority of the National Football League is made up of guys who on an annual basis really even more than that within the season are on pins and needles just wondering whether or not they will continue to have a job are they going to stay in the lineup you know not everyone the the majority of players are not the guys who have the big long-term guaranteed money guaranteed roster spots so it's an extremely stressful time that's a part of you know what was so special about Hard Knocks, and I think to some extent still continues to be special about Hard Knocks for maybe for folks who haven't watched it closely since its infancy, however long it's been around. I think, you know, 20-plus years at this point where Hard Knocks has been, you know, this documentary-style storyline uh, that the that folks get to watch uh, just in covering NFL training camp with the various teams, but you, know, you get to see some of that emotion play out and, and some of those relationships that have developed you got to move on from them at some point. That's one of the things that still separates college from the NFL. Now, you know, college is getting more and more like that. You can certainly hear stories about players who their scholarships get pulled or they get forced out of teams and lineups and everything else. But it's certainly different than than the NFL where you got to pack up and go on that same day when they tell you it's time to do so. Get a little bit more sound from the Bears brass in on the other side of this timeout things that Ryan Poles had to say about the roster, about his quarterback, not only the starter, but about the backup as well. We will hear from the head man of the Chicago Bears. We'll continue that as we close out our show next on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
people, there are people outside the building that have expectations for Justin that might not be realistic. What, what are your expectations specifically for him this season? Yeah, just to continue to improve. Uh, continue to improve. We want those sack numbers to come down, interceptions to go down, um, make good reads, protect himself. Um, just see him take the next step. We're back live with more Anthony Heron on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Good to have a general manager who's frequently available to the media, which the Bears seem to have at the moment. Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham sat down with the media today. We heard from Matt Eberflus this week as well. As the Bears have shaped what is their final-ish roster for the moment, and um, you know, there's still plenty of time between now and September 10th when they take the field against the Green Bay Packers. So we'll see what the what the true final version of the roster ends up looking like at that point. And then, you know, the rules are a little different. If you're a vested veteran, you make the opening day roster, and then you've got guaranteed money that's in that. If you're not vested yet, then you're not necessarily guaranteed your full season of pay. So there's a lot of, a lot of different factors in, you know, what the Bears can potentially do with a variety of positions and how it will affect. They, they still got plenty of cap space. They're still in the top ten in the NFL and available money that they can spend not only during this season, but in the seasons to come. So we'll see how they end up deciding to allocate it. But the allocation of roster spots is what's been most important here the last couple of days. And one of the biggest pieces of news with the roster is not only the, the fact that PJ Walker, who they went out, signed, paid money to paid some guaranteed money to be their backup for quarterback, Justin Fields didn't work out with PJ Walker, but of course, Tyson Bajan, is a part of the reason that it's felt things didn't work out with P.J. Walker. Now, the preferred scenario would have been if they felt this strongly about Bajan, but if P.J. Walker would have performed well also, then you would have a solidified veteran as your number two QB. And then this other guy, the whether he turns into Tony Romo or Kurt Warner or that ain't fire shot, doesn't turn into anything. Who knows what the future ends up truly holding for Tyson Bajan. But he's been impressive, and he's earned his way onto this roster. But where will he be? Where will he fit on this roster by the time the Bears are actually playing regular season games? That was one question that was asked of Ryan Poles, was whether or not Tyson Bajan will be QB2 in week one. Ryan, do you, do you expect Tyson Bajan to be the backup quarterback to Justin Fields on September 10th? Uh, yeah, we're working through that. Again, you know, I talked about Nate coming in we got to work through that and see what we're comfortable with. It's hard to answer that question right now. It's a good question, a fair question. I think it was Groats who asked him that question, if I'm recognizing that voice correctly. So we'll see, man, because it, it's a risk. Uh, you know, the position that they're in right now where it is not a win-at-all-costs, win-or-else, go-for-it kind of mode where you need the roster to be so insulated that – that you feel like everything is protected and your backup quarterback position is protected and insulated as well. So, you know, if this were a year from now and if things are continuing to progress with the Bears, would they still make this move? Would they still – and they, they haven't definitively gone into a game, a regular season game yet with Tyson Bajan as their number two. But would they even consider it? If they do consider it, would they go through with it if this were, I'll just say a year from now, if the Bears are in more definitive kind of go-for-it mode, if they feel like they've continued to ramp things up 
to the extent where they truly feel like they got a, a chance to compete for a championship, I think it's a lot less likely that this is a, a decision they would be willing to make. This is a more aggressive evaluation because right now it's kind of like when you invest in stocks and when you're starting a 401k and you're really at a young age and you're expecting that, you know what, since I'm still young, since I'm still in the infancy of this particular investment, we can be more aggressive with the types of bonds, with the areas of the market that we put this in because it is a growth stock. And right now it seems that Ryan Poles and the Bears are treating the current roster as a growth stock, investing in youth, in athleticism, and then just seeing how many of these young chips, how many of these young stocks they can hit on and really turn them into something special. I do think it makes sense. I do think it it shows some more long-term vision in the way that they're going about it, but they still need to be malleable and still have the ability to sort of have some fluidity to the way they end up deciding to have it play out from there. I'm going to go ahead and play myself out of this uh, this show for this evening here because I'm going to get out of the way of Tyler Farango, who's been on the ones and twos for me throughout the evening here. As I said earlier, very busy weekend that I have on the way. So if you do want to, if you enjoyed, I, I you know tease some of the Big Ten Network volleyball that was going on tonight. A lot of football will be beginning in the Big Ten Conference this weekend. The game that I will be calling on the Big Ten this Saturday will be Towson versus Maryland. It's going to be 2.30 Chicago time. You can check me out there on the Big Ten Network. You can also listen to me on Westwood One on Sunday. I'm going to call the Black College Football Hall of Fame game. I'm going to be in Kent, and I've never been to Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium before in Canton, Ohio. So I'm so looking forward to that. I'm going to go straight from College Park, Maryland with the Maryland game Saturday night, making my way to Canton, and I'm going to call a Hall of Fame game. It's going to be on television on the NFL Network. My guy Bucky Brooks and Steve Weish will be on the call for that. But I will be on Westwood One, so feel free to listen to me on the call for that one. I promise to return to Chicago from there, not only for my lovely wife and our gorgeous son, but also for you to continue listening to me right here. My thanks to all the guests who joined me tonight. I'm Anthony Heron. This has been my time with you on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.